This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. What is up, everybody? My name is Russell, and what time is it? It is Hero Time, in which I'll be bringing you up to date on all the latest in pop culture news for your hearing pleasure. Coming up this week, Scarlett Johansson settled the Black Widow lawsuit. Five Nights at Freddy's movie script still needs creator's approval. Sam Raimi wasn't sure he could face making Doctor Strange 2 after the Spider-Man 3 debacle. And Rosario Dawson joins the cast of Dying Light 2. But first up in our top story, coming from the folks of IGN, Scarlett Johansson and Disney has settled the acrimonious lawsuit that has turned Hollywood upside down since first being filed in July, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Terms were not disclosed. The suit was part of a breach of contract lawsuit over the decision to release Black Widow simultaneously in theaters and on Disney+. Johansson alleged that the decision hurt her salary, which was set to be based in large part on the earnings from the film. The lawsuit asked for more than $50 million in damages, arguing that Disney pressured Marvel to release it on the streaming service in order to appease investors. The lawsuit touched off a major public relations war that grew to engulf much of Hollywood. The fallout reportedly affected negotiations with Anthony and Joe Russo, the directors, some of the most popular MCU properties, who worried about how future movies would be released and how they would make money. Marvel boss Kevin Feige was said to be angry and embarrassed over the lawsuit. Johansson's lawsuit has also become something of an inflection point in the ongoing discussion of whether movies should be given an exclusive theatrical release window in a COVID-19 era. The global pandemic has had a major impact on the movie business, depressing earnings across the board and forcing studios to make hard decisions across the board. Johansson's lawsuit forced a confrontation that has already been brewing between studios and actors. Black Widow was a comparative success by pandemic bots of standards, earning some $379 million worldwide. According to Disney, it also earned another $60 million in purchases through Disney Plus Premiere. It was the Disney's boast about streaming earnings that reportedly angered Johansson, encouraging her to move forward with the lawsuit that she has been mulling for several months, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Disney has since returned to the 45-day theatrical window with films like Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, but it has been blunt about its intentions to release its films however it pleases. While the lawsuit is over, the battle over simultaneous releases on streaming service has undoubtedly just begun. Up next, reports from IGN confirmed that along with losing director Chris Columbus for the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, producer Jason Blum 
says series creator Scott Cawthon still hasn't agreed on the story after 10 scripts. Blum revealed the news in an interview with Collider. He said Cawthon hasn't agreed on the story and his production company can't move on without Cawthon's approval. We've written multiple scripts and we've got where we are threading a needle, which is doing justice to Five Nights at Freddy's and making Scott Cawthon happy, Blum said. The only way we could go about is giving Scott... I don't want to do something that Scott doesn't like. Let me say a different way. I don't have the right to do anything Scott doesn't like. Basically, Scott has kind of like the equivalent of Final Cut, and it's taken longer than I hoped to get it right story. A script was reportedly approved by Blum and Columbus in 2018, but Cawthon said he passed it on. In November of last year, Cawthon detailed 10 drafts of the Five Nights at Freddy's movie scripts in a post on Reddit. He said the 10th and final script he mentioned was the one they were going to film. Cawthon said filming would begin in spring 2021. But it seems the two parties are still working on a final script. Blum also didn't give a reason for Columbus's departure and when asked if there is a replacement, Blum said, that's classified information. Columbus has been publicly attached as the director since February 2018. Cawthon developed the original Five Nights at Freddy's game for PC and released it in 2014. The game has spawned numerous sequels with the 10th main installment, Security Breach, expected to come out by the end of 2021 after being delayed. Up next, IGN reports that it's pretty clear that Spider-Man 3 was a scarring experience for all involved. It's considered a textbook case of executive meddling that brought Sam Raimi's trailblazing run with Spider-Man to a screeching halt. Things are better now. The Spider-Verse is alive and well at both Sony and Marvel, and Sam Raimi is currently directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Still, it's pretty clear that Raimi's Spider-Man 3 experience had a big impact on him. In an interview with Collider, Raimi talked about how hard it was to return to direct in superhero films after Spider-Man 3. It was bad enough, he said, that he wasn't sure he could face it again. I didn't know I could face it again because it was so awful having been the director of Spider-Man 3. The internet was getting revved up and people disliked that movie and they sure let me know about it. So it was difficult to take back on, Raimi said. When his agent called him about the opportunity to direct Doctor Strange 2... Raimi found himself wondering if he could do it. They're really demanding those types of pictures. And I felt, well, that's a reason enough, he said. Raimi went on to praise the character of Doctor Strange, saying he's right up there with the favorites. He also had kind words for the first movie, saying director Scott Derrickson did a wonderful job, an incredible job.
I didn't think I would be doing another superhero movie. It just happened, Raimi said. First released back in 2007, Spider-Man 3 notoriously crammed in Venom at the last minute to the movie's detriment. The result was a fairly messy movie, though most people liked it at the time, calling it a great ending for both a standard three-film arc and the best comic book trilogy in film history. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness releases next year. The final reports of the day. Reports coming from, you guessed it, IGN states that Rosario Dawson, the actress known for her portrayal of Ahsoka Tano in season two of The Mandalorian, has been revealed to be joining the cast of Dying Light 2. She will play a major character within the Survivor horror sequel. As reported by GameSpot, fans were updated with the news of the actress's involvement in the game as part of the development team's recent Dying Light 2 Dying to Know stream. Just a heads up, this report contains some minor spoilers linked to the characters in Dying Light 2. Dawson will be playing a character known as Lauren in Dying Light 2. Described as a warrior of sorts, the actress says that her character is a very tough woman who is fighting her past and looking to seek revenge on the people who wronged her. Techland has previously highlighted Dying Light 2's choice consequence system and said that players will probably only see 50% of the game's content during their first playthrough. Dawson's comments about Lorwyn seemed to echo this sentiment, revealing that different players may see different sides to the character. What I really love about this game and this character is how she is, is really dependent on you, the player, says the actress. Is she going to be this rage-filled killer who is obsessed with her goals, or will she be a night runner who risks her life to save others? It's up to you. Senior writer Piotr Matowski delved further into what players can expect to see from Lorwyn as she teams up with the game's protagonist, Aiden Caldwell, in Dying Light 2. She's an important character with a lot of impact on the plot, says Mostowski. But we also wanted her to be more that way. To be a real person with her own goals, her own motivations, and her own opinions as well. So if she doesn't like something you do or you say, she will tell you that, and she will act on it, sometimes even against you. As well as revealing details surrounding Dawson's character in the game, fans also got the chance to hear from Oliver Derivier, the man behind Dying Light 2's upcoming soundtrack. The composer, whose previous work includes 2017's Get Even and Focus Home Interactive's Vampire, gave fans a glimpse at what they can expect from the game's broken soundtrack. Derivier says that a range of the music in the game is tied to the various factions. The results of this, explains Derivier, is that 
fans will gain a somewhat personal experience of the city's soundscape as players' choices throughout their time with Dying Light 2 will affect which factions are prominent with the game and the music that they hear as a result. Dying Light 2 is set to be released on February 4th, 2022. A cloud version of the game was recently revealed to be coming to the Switch. And that's all the time for Hero Time this week. Thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of Hero Time. Join me again next week while I keep you up to date on all the latest in pop culture news for your absolute hearing pleasure. And don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Phoenix Hero Time for all the pop culture news I post. And if you want to catch up on this week's episode of Hero Time, listen to it again on Phoenix Radio Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Wooshka. Thanks again for listening. My name is Russell, and for all the programs you love, keep it right to phoenixradio.com.au. Have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye.